Welcome back to Pause, Reflect, and Learn with Katie. I am thrilled you're here. A few years ago, my son considered a career as a firefighter. When he enrolled in college, he set his schedule. One of the classes he enrolled with was an advanced course in firefighting. He failed to notice the prerequisite requirements for the class. Had the professor not caught the error, he likely would have struggled and possibly either failed or stopped going to that class. The reason courses list prerequisites and companies have entry-level positions is to help us learn and grow with as little stress as possible. Dog training is no different. When a dog escapes your property and is running with his ears flapping in the wind, we cannot expect that dog to stop and return just because you instruct them to come. Not unless you've taken the time to teach the dog exactly what come means. Too often we issue complex commands and expect the dog to follow direction. And when they fail, we repeat the command. After several more failed attempts, we lose patience with the dog. See, often we expect more from our dog than they're able to give. And instead of recognizing our mistake, we accuse the dog of being willful, difficult, or just bad. I want to help everyone understand what is going on in your dog's mind. I'm going to begin with this example. Imagine you're in a room filled with people who speak another language, a language you don't know. One of the people approaches you and instructs you to do something. Of course you don't comply because you didn't understand a word he said. In return, that person yells at you. His annoyance or anger is not going to make you listen. It's just going to intimidate or annoy you. You certainly cannot learn when you don't know the language. It is our job to teach dogs our language. We do so by connecting the word, also known as the command, and the action we desire. We do this by shaping the behavior. The shaping process allows us to teach dogs new commands and behaviors by breaking the behavior down into small steps. And when the dog learns one step, another is added until the full behavior is understood. Shaping engages the dog because rewards are given throughout the learning process. So if you'll stay tuned, we will break down the process for you. Want to learn dog training? Enroll with ISCDT. Our online course consists of 18 lessons that teach dog training and canine behavior. Students work hands-on with dogs and provide a video diary of their work. Visit us at iscdt.com to learn more and enroll. Welcome back to our episode on shaping dog behavior. I'm going to provide you with three steps to follow when shaping your dog's behavior. Step one, begin with the final result in mind. Ask yourself, what is the final goal you are looking to achieve? This goal could be teaching a dog to shake hands or teaching a puppy to sit on command. It could be getting your dog to roll over or remain on her bed during mealtime. You just need to know exactly what you want to accomplish before you begin with your dog. This knowledge makes it easier for you to break down the learning process. Today we're going to use sit implied stay as our shaping example. The end result is I want my dog to sit when instructed and to remain seated until I release her from command. 
I do not want to use the word stay. Instead, I want to move around and focus on other things without my dog breaking command. And some of the exercises that I include in my final plan is I should be able to walk down a flight of stairs while my dog waits in a sit. My dog should sit while I prepare her meal and place the bowl on the ground. She should sit at the front door when I open it and wait inside until she's invited out. I would also like her to sit at my side while I speak to people in public. You see how detailed my final result is? This detail allows me to make a training plan for my dog. And although we're not going to be able to cover every step in this podcast to reach those goals that I've published, this is the detail that I want you to include when planning your final result. But that said, I am going to give you detailed instructions for shaping. I won't leave you high and dry, I promise. All right, once you have your final goal in place, we're going to move to step two. Step two is finding your starting point. Here we need to know what part of the command your dog knows. The starting point is as equally important as the end result. First thing to consider, does the dog know how to sit on command? If the dog I'm working with does not know how to sit on command, teaching sit to that dog is my starting point. And that's where I have to begin working before I return to my plan of the sit implied stay. The second thing I need to consider is if the dog is used to wearing a harness and leash during training. Because whenever you train with your dog, they should be wearing a harness and a leash or if you wanna put the leash on the collar, you can, whatever you feel is safest for your dog. The last thing that we want is for your dog to run off while you're stepping away from him, and the leash ensures that doesn't happen. So we need to make sure the dog is used to wearing a harness and collar and used to wearing a leash before we begin. If the dog does not perform with that equipment on, we need to desensitize the dog to the harness and or to leash work. Step three is rewarding small achievements along the way. In the last two episodes, we discussed different rewards used when dog training. We suggest you use food rewards. The food reward must be something the dog greatly enjoys in order to engage him in the training process. We are going to pretend the dog in this scenario knows how to sit on command and is used to wearing a harness and leash. Again, in stage three, you need to know what small accomplishments you will reward while teaching the command. And there are a few different ways you can shape this behavior. I've picked the method that works best for most of my clients. With this method, I can easily show the dog what I want him to do, that sit until released, and teach the dog the release word, which is free. Another method you can use is marking and rewarding the dog while he remains in a sit. So you are marking and rewarding that behavior. That's not the method I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use the one I just told you. And I'm also going to use marker training rather than clicker training. Each of these methods work great. It's just a matter of preference. Finally, for this exercise, I'm going to use the bridge word good. We, we learned about this in the last lesson. 
the first step in this process. I will tell the dog to sit. I'll say good when the butt touches the ground and then immediately say free. I will then take a step back and provide the treat. Now, this process is gonna be fast. It'll be sit, the butt touches the ground, good, free, and then I give the treat. The reason I step away right after I say free is so that the dog gets out of the sit to get the treat. This is communicating to him that the word free means he can release command. He can get out of the sit. I'm going to practice this a few times with the dog. And when he seems to understand what I want and is not struggling, I will move on to the second step in my shaping process. Again, I will tell the dog to sit, say good when the butt touches the ground, and then I will move my feet or possibly just move a little bit to either the left or the right. Provided the dog remains in the sit, I will say free, step away from the dog, provide the treat. Again, I'll repeat this step a few times. So to break it down, I'll say sit, the dog's butt touches the ground, I I pause while I'm stepping, free, I give the dog a treat. This should all be done in just like three beats or two seconds. Now, if the dog were to get out of the sit before I say free, I would use a negative marker, try again, and then repeat the process. If the dog fails a second time, I will return to the first step. And in the first step, I don't move and I would not make him wait more than a beat between his butt touching the ground and me releasing him from command. Again, provided that the dog understands the second step of my shaping, I'm gonna move to the third. The third step, I tell the dog to sit, say good when his butt touches the ground. I take a step back from the dog, free, and then I reward the dog with a treat. If the dog does well, I will practice a few times and then I'll move on to the next step. Now understand these steps are not all happening in one dog training session. I'm going to shape this behavior for about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on the dog's age and the amount of time the dog can focus. And then I'm gonna give him a break. When we resume a little bit later, I will start with the last step from this lesson. And then I will move forward. I'm gonna tell him to sit, say good, move three steps away. He does well, I'm gonna do four steps away. Then maybe I will take four steps away, I'll turn to the side, so this way he's looking at the side of me instead of the front of my body. I'll release him. The reason I'm doing that is because I am trying to shape the behavior where he continues to sit while I turn my back on him and tend to other things. I do not want constant eye contact. If we have the constant eye contact, I may as well be saying stay, stay, stay because my focus is remaining on the dog. We want to teach him to sit and stay even though our focus is elsewhere until he is released from command. Keep in mind that dog handlers need to be flexible with their shaping plan. No two dogs are the same. Just because 100 of my client dogs learn sit implied stay using the outline I just used for this example, does not mean that plan is going to work for client dog number 101. This dog may do better when treats are given during the period that he sits. 
So where I would mark and treat, mark and treat while he remains seated. We may also prefer to use a clicker. And there's also a chance that that dog may learn quicker than other dogs and requires less steps. Dog training is not a cookie cutter business. We must tailor our training to the individual needs of every dog we train. All right, again, I could not break my entire process of the sit implied stay down because this podcast would go on for three hours and nobody would ever finish the end of it. However, I did give you enough information to accomplish your goal today. And that is learning how to shape a behavior. Popular questions that we receive is how long should it take for the dog to learn the command? The answer, there is no timeline for learning. One dog may achieve her training goal quickly and therefore does not require too many small steps, while another dog needs more time, additional steps, and for you to change the process in order to achieve the same goal. The most important thing to remember is to have patience for your dog. Break training lessons down to about five or 10 minute periods and enjoy the time you and your dog spend together. It is not a race. Instead, dog training provides you with a wonderful feeling when you and your dog accomplish this goal. None of us completed or graduated from school in an hour, a day, or a week. It took 12 years plus college for us to get where we are now. All right, this next point is getting a little ahead of myself, but I feel it's important for you to know. Once your dog learns a new command or trick in the living room, does not mean that they will be able to follow that command outdoors or when friends visit. In order to have your dog generalize the behavior, we need to do a little bit more work. In the next podcast, we will cover generalizing a dog behavior. In the meantime, if you want to read about shaping, we posted a blog on our ISCDT website. The link to that blog is in the notes section of this podcast. And as always, it includes a short video. You can also check out our YouTube channel for more information on shaping. The link to the YouTube channel is also in the notes section. We have reached the point of our pupcast where we provide troubleshooting tips. Number one, my dog freezes when I tell him to sit. This is where generalizing a behavior comes into play. If your dog was never asked to sit while wearing a harness or a leash or on a different surface, like say a wood floor or tile compared to a rug, he may not know how to do so. Before teaching sit implied stay, you need to teach your dog how to sit while using these tools and on different surfaces. You can do so by luring your dog into the sit with food. Once the dog accomplishes this goal without the need for the lure, you can begin teaching the sit implied stay. Second, my dog sits and then jumps in the air trying to grab the treat. You can keep the treat or you should keep the treat in your pocket or treat pouch until you release the dog from command. Refrain from holding food in your hand while training. The third, I cannot get the dog to remain in a sit no matter what I do. Well, your first step should not include movement on your part and the dog should not be asked to sit for more than a second. Stand still and get the dog to understand what you want. Then gradually add duration of the sit and gradually add movement to the lesson. 
If you have tried this and the dog still fails, change your process. Your dog may benefit with frequent food rewards for sitting, and they might also prefer a clicker instead of marker training. So, in this case, you'll tell your dog to sit. When the butt touches the floor, you'll say, yes, you'll reward the dog. You'll wait a second, yes, reward the dog. You'll wait two more seconds, yes, reward the dog. Then take a step back, mark the behavior, yes, reward the dog for remaining in a sit, and then release your dog. Gradually add distance and time between the food rewards. Our next tip is my dog does well until I turn away from him. Well, you may have to break the command down a bit more in order to help your dog understand. Turn your body to an angle and then work up to turning sideways and eventually turning your back. Turn away for a very brief period of time at first. The other problem may be eye contact. Make sure you avoid eye contact with the dog while working on this command. If you are looking at your dog the entire time, he will think broken eye contact means he can move. My dog does well for a little while and then he refuses to sit or stay. How can I solve this? Well, shorten your training session. Each time I start the training session, it's like teaching him for the first time. Well, we think you should repeat the previous step. If he fails, go back to the step where he was successful. Work there a few times and then move forward to your further steps. And finally, when I release my dog, he does not get out of the sit and he does not come to take the food from my hand. All right, the dog is still confused and still learning. So you tell him to sit, mark the behavior good, and then when you release him, free, toss the treat on the floor next to you. Don't toss the treat to the dog. I want you to drop the treat on the floor next to you so this way the dog has to come out of the sit to get that treat. We've taken the time to pause and learn. Now it is time to reflect. Your dog is doing the best it can with the information you are providing. While the author of that quote is unknown, it is worth sharing. Move slow, train clearly, and enjoy the process with your dog. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click like or subscribe. We can be heard on various platforms, so if the platform you are listening with allows you to leave a review, please take a moment to do so. Also, tell your friends about us. This helps our audience grow. Thank you for spending this time with me today. I enjoyed teaching you how to train your dog. This is Katie from ISCDT. Enjoy your day.